Welcome back to Nerd Explosion, the weekly podcast where based on a monthly topic, I nerd out about whatever I want. As always, I'm your host, Cameron. How'd you guys like that new intro? Just something I've been playing around with. I wanted to uh, combine a lot of uh, some theme songs from stuff along with my weird obsession of carnival barkers. So I just, you know, let me know what you guys think on social media. This is just something new I'm trying. But anyways, on to today's episode. Being Stranger Things Month, last week we talked about Season 1. This week, or today, whenever you're listening to this. But today, we're going to go over Season 2 of Stranger Things. Like last episode, I'm going to go over the whole entire plot. So spoilers if you haven't seen it. I'm going to be reading off some facts about Stranger Things Season 2. And also, once again, I took to Reddit to ask people what their favorite moments were for Season 2. So I'll share some of those. So stay tuned for all that. New episodes of this podcast come out every Saturday, so make sure you like, follow, do, you know, do all the things that do all the stuff. But with that out of the way, let's now move on to Stranger Things Season Season 2. All right, all right. Season 1 of Stranger Things was great. No, it was a great start to the series. But Season 2 did so much better. Now, Season 2 of Stranger Things was released on October 27th, 2017, and it was confirmed by Netflix on August 31st, 2016, for release in 2017. They started filming the season in Atlanta, Georgia on November 6th, or November 7th, 2016. Set in Hawkins in the fall of 1984, the story continues as supernatural forces once again begin to affect the town. While the season services the first season's core cast and characters first and foremost, several new characters are introduced. Tomboy Max and her older stepbrother Billy, a girl named Callie connected to Hawkins Lab, Radio Shack manager Bob Newby, Department of Energy agent Dr. Owens, and disgraced journalist turned conspiracy theorist Maury Bauman. Similar to the previous season, season 2 was lauded by critics and audiences alike and was praised for being much more horror-oriented. Yeah, a lot of people liked Season 2 a lot more because there was a lot more horror elements in Season 2 compared to Season 1. I mean, of course, you know, Season 1, they were just testing the waters and everything, so they wanted to put the show out there and just be like, hey, we're doing this, you know, big, big thing, so what do you guys think? Now, Season 2, it's like, okay, a lot of people like this series now, what uh, what else can we get away with? Uh, let's go over the cast, shall we? Now, we got our usual people like last time, you know. Uh, Winona Ryder, David Harbour, Finn Wolfhard, Millie Bobby Brown, Denton Matarazzo, Caleb McLaughlin, Noah Schnapp, uh, Natalia Dyer, Charlie Heaton, Joe Teary, uh, uh, Bono, Paul Reiser. We got all, you know, our normal characters, Joyce, Jim, Mike, Eleven, Dustin, Lucas, Will, uh, Nancy, Jonathan, Steve, uh, you know, Karen Wheeler. But for the newcomers in this series, we have Sadie Sink. As Max Mayfield, we have Dakri Montgomery as Billy Hardgrove, and we got Sean Astin as Bob Newby. Now, if none of you recognize Sean Astin, you really need to step up your movie knowledge because Sean Astin, at least the first movie I saw him in, he was Mikey Walsh in The Goonies. Uh, he was also in a football movie called Rudy. Some people might know him from a lesser known film known as, you know, Lord of the Rings. Samwise Ganji. Sean Astin is amazing. I just, I love his character as Bob. I just love him in general. Uh, 
kind of sidetracking. This is not related to Stranger Things at all, but I just wanted to tell the story. Did any of you guys see, speaking of Lord of the Rings and Sean Astin, did you guys see that him, Elijah Wood, and the two other guys, I can't remember the actors' names, but they were at a dinner, you know, just hanging out, and there was one person who tweeted the whole thing. It was like, oh my god, the hobbits are sitting right next to me at dinner, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> it was just, it was really funny, and I just, I absolutely love it. But anyway, back on topic, uh, along with all that, we also got Brett Gilman as Murray, and if I could find who plays Tally here, where are you? There we go. Linnea Berthelson as Kelly Pressed slash eight. We got Amy Mullins, Terry Ives. Uh, again, Matthew Maldine is Dr. Martin Brenner. But yeah, that's about all the cast. But, you know, like last time, I went over the plot and there's there's a lot to this one. So buckle yourselves in. Also, like I said, spoilers if you haven't seen season two. But without further ado, here is the story of Stranger Things Season 2. October 28, 1984. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we see a group of criminals on the run after just committing a murder. They flee in a van but are pursued by police. They try to escape from the police using a tunnel, but mysteriously, rocks fall and block off the tunnel, preventing the police from pursuing them further. However, the rocks turn out to only be a vision in the mind of the lead policeman. Back in the van, it is revealed that a girl named Callie, a member of the Dane, has caused the vision. She is bleeding from her left nostril and we see a tattoo marked 008 on her wrist. Back in Hawkins, the boys go to the Palace Arcade where they find that someone with the name Mad Max has beaten Dustin's high score in Dead Dug by over 100,000 points. At the arcade, Will experiences an episode where he finds himself once again in the Upside Down. In the episode, he sees a large shadow monster, the Mind Flare. Mike snaps him out of it and asks if he's alright. The next day at school, they meet a new student from California named Max, who Lucas and Dustin immediately fawn over. Dustin believes she is Mad Max, but Lucas is skeptical. At Hawkins High, Max's stepbrother, Billy, arrives and begins to compete with Steve for the title of King. Will, who has been experiencing multiple flashes into the Upside Down, is taken by Joyce and Hopper to Hawkins' lab, where he is seen by Dr. Owens, the new head scientist. Joyce has been seeing someone since we last left her, a Radio Shack manager named Bob Newby. Meanwhile, Nancy and Steve have been having regular dinners with the Holland family following Barb's death. Nancy, who is still grieving Barb's death, learns that the Hollands, who are unaware that Barb is dead, are selling their house to afford to pay an investigative journalist named Maury Bauman to find Barb. Nancy, hearing this, begins to feel guilty. Mike has been trying to contact Eleven for 352 days in a row after her disappearance, though unsuccessful. Later, we see Hopper make his way to a cabin in the woods, and it is revealed that Eleven is still alive. Flashbacks show that after killing the Demi-Gordon, Eleven turned up in the Upside Down. She escapes through a portal and goes to see Mike at the Wheeler's house, but flees into the woods after seeing government agents at the house. More flashbacks show that Hopper finds her and sets up his grandfather's hunting cabin as a place for them to live. Back in the present, Eleven wants to go trick-or-treating, but is told no by Hopper as it is too dangerous. Meanwhile, Nancy wants to tell the Hollands the truth, but is persuaded out of it by Steve. 
They attend a Halloween party where Nancy gets drunk and berates Steve, putting the blame for Barb's death on them. Steve leaves, upset, and Jonathan finds Nancy and takes her home. The boys go trick-or-treating and are joined by Max, who is invited by Dustin and Lucas. Will has brought Bob's video camera to record the experience. Will has another episode and tells Mike about it, but requests him not to tell anyone. Mike admits to Will that he has been unsuccessfully trying to communicate with Eleven. Eleven also tries to contact Mike, but is unsuccessful since they tried to contact each other at the same time. Dustin returns home from trick-or-treating to find a small, strange, slug-like creature in his trash can, which he determines is a polywog. Nancy is able to persuade Jonathan to help her tell Barb's parents the truth. Hopper asks Owens to investigate the pumpkin patch. Dustin brings the polywog to school, which he has now named Darkanon from the Three Musketeers novel. Once Will describes the flashes into the Upside Down he's been having to the game, the boys conclude that Dart is from the Upside Down. Dart escapes from the AV room, and the boys and Max scramble to find Dart. Mike, in the gym, gets into an argument with Max, as Mike is angry at Max because Lucas and Dustin want to bring her into the party. Eleven leaves the cabin to look for Mike, and interprets Mike's argument with Max as flirting. Angry at them, she knocks over Max using her powers and just leaves. At the buyer's house, Joyce discovers an image of Will's vision, including a vague outline of the shadow monster on the video Will recorded while trick-or-treating. After seeing the tracing of the outline matches with the picture Will drew, Joyce joins everyone at the middle school. Will finds Dart, but this triggers another episode where he comes face-to-face with a shadow monster. Will follows Bob's advice of standing up to his fears and confronts the monster, but the monster forces a tentacle down Will's throat. Joyce and everyone else manage to pull Will back from his episode, and Joyce takes Will home, but Will begins to act strangely by drawing scribbles on multiple pieces of paper. Joyce calls in Hopper, and they find the scribbles line up to form a network of vines. Looking at it like a map, Hopper recognizes an area and leaves to investigate. Nancy and Jonathan arrange a meeting with Barb's mother, but are caught by undercover lab agents. They are taken to the lab, where Owens shows the two the gate to the Upside Down. He tells them they have been tapping phones to keep other governments from learning about the portal, which is how they knew about Nancy and Jonathan arranging to meet Barb's mother in the first place. Once they leave, Nancy reveals to Jonathan that she secretly recorded the entire confession. At the cabin, Eleven has an argument with Hopper, saying how she feels trapped and comparing Hopper to Dr. Brenner, or Papa, and later finds his research into her biological mother, Terry Ives, and attempts to contact her with her powers. Worrying about Will, Mike goes to the buyer's house to check on him while Dustin and Lucas search for Dart. Hopper, following the lead from Will's struggles, finds himself at the pumpkin patch where he digs a hole and finds a tunnel into the Upside Down, where unfortunately he gets trapped and passes out. Will sees a vision of Hopper, but Joyce is unable to understand Will. She enlists Bob for help, who is able to identify the tunnels as a map underneath Hawkins and is able to roughly locate where Hopper is trapped. Meanwhile, Lucas tries to get closer to Max, but Max is threatened by Billy to stay away from him. At Dustin's house, he finds Dart has broken from his cage and ate his pet cat, and he quickly comes to the realization that Dart is a baby Demogorgon. Nancy and Jonathan go to Murray Bauman with the recorded confession from Owens, but Murray tells them that the public won't accept the story as is, as the public wouldn't believe there are monsters running around, and he suggests watering down the story. Murray and Nancy decide to change the story to say that Barb died from toxins from the lab. Murray sends the tape to the Chicago Sun-Times, where he was previously employed. 
Lucas tells the events of last year to Max in an attempt to gain her respect, but she doesn't believe him. Dustin lures Dart to a storm cellar and traps him. He goes to the Wheeler's house to find anybody, even asking for Nancy, but none of them are there. On his way out, he runs into Steve, who is coming to apologize to Nancy. Dusty enlists Steve for help and tells him to get his good old trusty nail bat. They attempt to kill Dart, but instead find his shed skin and a tunnel leading out of the cellar. Eleven goes to Terry's house, where she is able to communicate with her through her powers. She gains Terry's memories of Eleven being taken at birth, and Terry's attempts to rescue her before she was subjected to shock therapy. Eleven finds there was another girl at the lab like her. Joyce, Bob, Will, and Mike are able to rescue Hopper, but lab personnel arrive and blaze the tunnels with flamethrowers. When the fire is set, Will collapses in agony. Will is rushed to the lab where he displays memory loss, unable to remember Bob or Hopper. Owen speculates that the shadow monster is like a virus that has infected Will, and that any damage to the tunnels might be lethal to him. Nancy and Jonathan decide to spend the night at Murray's, who teases them about their relationship. Dustin and Steve decide to lure Dart to the junkyard, and Dustin calls Lucas for help. Lucas brings Max, and the four ready the junkyard to trap Dart. Max opens up to Lucas and explains Billy's attitude is due to his father marrying Max's mother after his own mother left. Dart appears at the junkyard with creatures identical to him, and the group learns that there are packs of them. The group hide in the bus, and Steve later attacks them with the bat, but the creatures all run away. At the lab, Will views pictures of the map taken by lab agents and points out a location that the shadow monster wants to avoid. Owens sends in a team to investigate, but the pack attacks the team and enters the lab. They realize that the monster has been manipulating Will. Meanwhile, Eleven, with her new memories of her mother, travels to Chicago to find the girl she saw in her vision. It is there that she runs into Callie, the girl from the events in Pittsburgh at the beginning of the season. She opens up to Eleven, showing her her powers, and explains that her and the rest of her gang are planning to kill the lab scientists who worked for Dr. Brenner. Callie helps Eleven strengthen her powers by telling her to channel her anger. They put their plans into action by storming the home of a lab worker who worked under Dr. Brenner and also performed shock therapy on Eleven's mother. The lab worker reveals that Brenner is alive and seeing that he has kids, Eleven decides not to kill him and the rest of the gang flees. It is then that Eleven gets a vision of Mike and Hopper in grave danger at the lab and decides to head back to Hawkins. Back at the lab, demi-dogs have invaded and killed off most of the lab workers. Nancy and Jonathan arrive outside the lab along with Steve, Lucas, Dustin, and Max who follow the screams from the lab. In an attempt to bring Will back in control, Mike convinces Joyce to sedate him. They take Will and along with Hopper and Owens escape to the security room but get trapped inside. Suddenly, the power goes out, but Bob, knowing how to get the power back on, volunteers to head out and restore power. With the power restored, Owens helps guide the group to escape. They all make it to the lobby, but Joyce hears Bob coming from the distance. Bob makes it to the lab and is happy to see Joyce, but unfortunately, he is attacked by a pack of demi-dogs, and though Joyce is upset by this, she joins with the group to escape. They regroup with everyone else and make their way to the buyer's house. They figure out that the Mind Flayer is a hive mind, controlling Will and the Demidogs. They realize that the Mind Flayer has also been using Will as a spy, and decide to remodel the tool shed so that the Mind Flayer loses a point of entry. Will manages to snap back into reality with the help of everyone reminiscing about their favorite memories of him. 
Will cannot respond vocally, but manages to tap out a message in Morse code, which reads, Close Gate. But their fun soon ends as the house phone rings, leading the Mind Flayer to learn their location. With a pack of monsters on their way, the group barricades the doors and arms themselves, ready for a fight. They hear some commotion, and then the door opens, revealing Eleven having dealt with the pack of demidogs herself. Mike and Eleven embrace after having not seen each other for over a year, and Eleven reveals to the gang and Hopper that she can destroy the Mind Flayer by destroying the gate. But Mike warns that destroying the gate could also kill Will. Remembering Will saying something about he likes it cold, Joyce decides that the way to save Will from the monster is to burn the monster out. Hopper and Eleven decide to head to the lab to close the gate, but not before Eleven promises Mike that he will not lose her again. Joyce, Jonathan, and Nancy take Will to Hopper's cabin and proceed to turn on all the heaters and use fire to purge Will of his virus. Thinking about Eleven, Mike decides that they should burn the tendrils in the tunnels to distract the demigods from attacking Hopper and Eleven. Steve, however, refuses the plan. Back at Billy's house, Billy is scolded by his father for losing Max and demands he find her. He shows up at the Wheeler's house where Mrs. Wheeler gives him Joyce's address. There, he runs into Steve, who, after a tense confrontation, forces his way inside to find Max and Lucas. Billy gets angry and grabs Lucas, but Steve fights him off and the two begin to brawl. Max notices a syringe from the hospital Will was at and uses it to sedate Billy while also threatening him with the nail band. After Billy passes out, Max steals his keys and along with Lucas and Steve head to the tunnels where they cover the heart of the tunnel in gasoline and ignite it. Thanks to the distraction, Hopper and Eleven are able to enter the lab without dealing with any of the demidogs. Max, Lucas, and Steve attempt to leave the tunnels, but are confronted by Dart, but thanks to Dustin being able to calm Dart down, they are able to escape. Eleven gets in position to close the gate, but the Mind Flayer, sensing her strength, sends his monsters to attack her and Hopper. Hopper fends off the monsters while Eleven, channeling all of her anger, succeeds in closing the gate and killing the rest of the demidogs. A month later, after hearing Nancy's tape, the government has closed down the lab. The Hollands are able to hold a proper funeral for Barb. Hopper meets up with Owens in a bar, who hands him a forged birth certificate stating that Hopper is now Eleven's father and her name is now Jane. Hawkins Middle School is having their annual snowball, and we see Steve drive Dustin to the school. During the dance, a slow song plays, and Will is asked to dance while Lucas asks Max to dance. Dustin attempts to ask multiple girls to dance, but to no avail. Nancy, who is serving Punch at the dance, sees this and offers to dance with Dustin. Eleven shows up, and she begins dancing with Mike as well. During the song Every Breath You Take by the police, Lucas and Max share their first kiss, and Mike and Eleven share a heartfelt kiss as well. The students enjoy themselves at the dance, Unaware that the Mind Flayer is still alive, Tau-tau over the schools in the upside down. What a ride. What a ride, indeed. Like I said, I love Season 2 a lot more than Season 1. Season 1, you know, everything was just starting off. It was it was still fresh. Uh, season 2, they knew more of what they were doing, and they could get away with a lot. Um, my personal thing with this, me and my wife got into, like, an obsession with watching all these seasons at once. Like, we, you know, started with one. This is when Season 3 came out. We started with one, and we watched all Season 1 together. I watched a few episodes, like four episodes in to uh, season two, and then my wife 
finished the season without me. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Caitlin, if you're listening to this, I, I love you and I, you know, but you shouldn't have watched the season without me. Anyway, um, I was I started season three a little bit before I finished season two and completely forgot that Max and Billy made their appearances, their first appearances in season two and how much of an asshole Billy is in this series. You know, the whole fist fight with uh, Steve, the the scene, the scene that I saw in the recap, which, by the way, and let me sidetrack on that for a second. I said this in the last episode, but if you look on Netflix, you look on Stranger Things on Netflix in the episode list, they have recaps of the first three seasons. And just now, uh, looking back at it, I just checked today, they now have a recap of Season 4, Volume 1, because there's going to be a Volume 2 to Season 4. Either that or there's going to be, it might technically be Season 5. I don't know what the Duffer Brothers are doing. They're crazy over there. But anyway, I was watching the recap, and there's a scene where uh, Mike, Dustin, and Lucas are riding their bikes during the day, and they're in their uh, Ghostbusters costumes because it's, you know, Halloween. And there's an interaction between Max and uh, Billy, and Billy notices them and floors it towards them to try to run them down, and Max has to save them in the last minute by turning the wheel or whatever. So yeah, Billy's just such an asshole, and he does get a redemption in Season 3, but, you know... We'll get to that when we talk about it. Uh, before, you know, let me continue. I'm going to list off some fun facts that I got here or some uh, some interesting little tidbits. So this is straight from the wiki and this is under marketing. At the 2017 Super Bowl, a 30 second ad premiered revealing footage from the first four to five episodes. The footage included the Season 1 characters, Eleven, Hopper, Dustin, Lucas, Mike, Will, and Joyce, and teased a new supernatural threat to Hawkins. The ad also announced that the season would be released on Halloween. However, the release date was later changed to October 27th, so they released it earlier than that. Uh, Netflix scheduled a Stranger Things panel for the 2017 San Diego Comic-Con with the show's cast and creators. The panel revealed the season's first full-length trailer, featuring never-before-seen footage set to the song Thriller. Cause this is Thriller, Thriller night, and no one's gonna save you from the theme. Anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, let's move on here. Stranger Thursdays. As part of the online marketing campaign for Season 2, the show's social media accounts hosted Stranger Thursdays, where, th- where fans were encouraged to rewatch the first season along with the cast and crew. Every Thursday for eight weeks, special behind-the-scenes extras were released, corresponding with each individual episode. In addition, a variety of posters were released featuring Season 1 characters and elements. These posters served as homages to 1980s cinema, the principal influence on the show. And looking at these posters, these are just, these are amazing posters. Like, there's one, there's one poster here. It looks like it's, it's based on the movie Jaws. And, um, it's, uh, if I can make this bigger. Oh, it's got Eleven walking, like, on water. And below the water is just Demi Gordon. Yeah, it's supposed to look like the thing from Jaws. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing, let me tell you. Uh, there's another one here based off Alien. Uh, I'll put the link to the wiki in the description so you guys can see these but these are these are amazing there's one poster inspired by stand by me one poster of course 
based on the Goonies, probably because they knew Sean Astin was in the season, and they're like, hey, he was in the Goonies, let's make one of these the Goonies and remind him of all this. But moving on, Stranger Things, the game. In the weeks leading up to Season 2's release, a Stranger Things mobile game titled Stranger Things The Game was released. The game contains exclusive footage from Season 2 and received an update on the day of the season's release. I actually played this a little bit. Like, I just found it randomly because I was really, I got really obsessed with Stranger Things and I found this mobile game. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty nice. It's pretty faithful. It's like pixely. It's like, um, 8-bit, no, not 8-bit, like 16-bit. It's like an old school, like, arcade, you know, you explore around, and it follows the events of Season 2 pretty pretty well. But, with those facts out of the way, let's move on to the last bit I have for this episode. Now, like last time, I took to Reddit and asked people what their favorite moments were from Season 2, and I got a decent amount of responses from people. So, let's start from the bottom and work our way up. Bringback Beluga said... The junkyard scene might be my favorite scene in the entire show. I definitely have to agree. The the junkyard scene where they're fighting off the demi dogs, Steve with his nail bat and everything. It's it's a really it's a really amazing scene. It's definitely the one thing that you can really take away from season two. Uh, Automatic Pension twenty two says anything but episode seven. Now I asked them to clarify on this, but they didn't you know they didn't respond at all. But I guess, looking at it, I can kind of see where they're coming from. Uh, episode 7 is the one where Eleven goes to Chicago to find, you know, the girl she saw in the vision from gaining her mom's memories. And she runs into that group of people. She runs into Tally, who, you know, with everything. And while it was, while it was, you know, a good, it was a decent episode, I kind of, in my opinion, I kind of feel like it was a, it was a filler episode, like, there was a lot of elements that really didn't need to be there. It was literally Eleven just kind of messing around, thinking about killing somebody, but then deciding not to. And then like, all right, I'm going to go back to Hawkins now. It just, I mean, it was a decent episode. I would give it that. But it was, it just, it kind of felt like a lot of stuff just didn't need to be there. All right. So moving on. Navy Blue says, for me, it's a probably, it's a probably a tie. It's a me, Mario. For me, it's probably a tie between Nancy dancing with Dustin at the snowball and all of the sweet-slash-funny bonding between Steve and Dustin, looking for Dart, the one walked along the train tracks, and in the car before the snowball. Other great moments, realizing Will still has some control when he's able to message the guys by tapping out the Morse code message, Steve being a badass defending his kids against the demidogs, always the babysitter, always the babysitter! Joy's jumping right into those tunnels to save Hopper without a second thought for her own safety. Bobby, aka Mighty Walsh from Goonies, figuring out Will's map. And then everything Murray everything Murray did when Nancy and Jonathan go to see him. <laughs> uh, so breaking it down, yeah. Steve. Steve definitely had a redemption from first season. I think I said this in a previous episode, but there was somebody who posted on the Stranger Things Reddit. And they had just started the series, and they were like, is Steve always an asshole? And trust me, he he redeems himself. He redeems himself at the end of season one by, you know, apologizing to Jonathan and being less of a dick. And, you know, from season two on, he's just, you know, he's a different person. He's basically, he's defending these kids. Um, I don't, I don't think they mentioned it in the plot, but... The reason he refuses to, you know, do the plan, you know, burning the monster out of will and doing all that in the tunnels, 
Steve refuses because he's protecting the kids. You know, it's his duty to protect the kids. Or he feels like it's his duty to protect the kids. Uh, anyway, let's move on with some of these. Uh, Amazing Occasion 6485 says, Will in the shed. Let me go. Crushed me. Now, yeah, that definitely was a little bit hard to watch because, you know, like, Will, he's just a poor kid. He just wanted to play some D&D with his friends. And all of a sudden, he's caught up in all this alien, you know, you know, D&D, monster, supernatural bullshit. And, you know, he just wants to hang out with his friends. He doesn't want to spend his time being captured and, you know, having his mind manipulated. He just wants to spend some time with his friends. Ashley88 says, Tina's Halloween party. Pretty much the end of Steve and Nancy. Then Jonathan steps in. Also, Steve officially becoming the babysitter at the junkyard fighting off the demidogs. Cowgirl Up says, bitchin'. Now, this is in reference to when they change Eleven's look. Eleven goes to Chicago and finds a Jane, and then the, the Jane there kind of change her look around, you know, give her black hair and eyeliner. And they describe her look as bitchin', so Eleven looks at them and is like, bitchin'. And then she proceeds to say that later when she's in the car with Hopper. Like, I forget what Hopper says, but she responds with bitchin', and then Hopper takes a long pause and he's like, bitchin'. It's just, it's amazing. I just love, you know, Eleven's dialogue in all of these. Uh, Erica Hargrove says, ending of episode eight, Eleven coming to the house. It was perfect. Uh, this one, there's a lot to this. X Ladder Ebelone 9257 says, <clears throat> the boys at the arcade, Will's episodes and the reveal of the mind flayer, pretty cool and possession. 352 days scenes. Paralleled with Nancy grieving Barb, like all of Eleven's flashbacks, especially the one after the of the aftermath after her killing the Demigorgon, one of the saddest scenes in the show. The flashbacks of her bonding moments with Hopper are endearing and sad in one scene. Do I have a mom? Their big argument and then making up. Her meeting her mom, really sad. Her almost killing Ray. Callie giving her visions of Brenner. It's a trap. I need to get through. It's a trap. Mike, Mike, where are you? Eleven leaving, and I'm going to my friends. I'm going home. Will the spy and the demidogs ambush in the tunnels and raid at the lab. Mike, Eleven, Mike and Eleven reunion at the, and the snowball. Still some of my favorite scenes in the show. Then closing the gate and the party providing backup. Uh, that's about all the responses I got. Yeah, there were a lot of great moments in this. I think my personal favorite moment is when Eleven comes back, you know, having dealt with the demidogs and her saying that, she can close the gate, and before they leave, she makes a promise to Mike that he won't lose her again. I just, I love that, you know, just that intensity, you know, after not seeing each other for a while, and then all of a sudden having to go do this thing, Eleven being like, hey, I'm coming back, don't worry, because, you know, Eleven was just this kid that was experimented on, and all of a sudden she's learning how to be, like, a, you know, be her own person, be, like, an individual because of, you know, the Dane and Hopper and everyone else. So that's my personal favorite moment. Uh, also, one of my favorite moments, and it's kind of a meme at this point, the argument between Hopper and uh, Eleven, you know, seeing their their growing father-daughter dynamic because uh, Eleven is mad that Hopper won't let her do anything because, you know, she feels trapped and she can't go anywhere. And Hopper's just like, I'm keeping you here so that you're safe, you know, you don't get in trouble again. And Eleven turns to him and screams, You are like Papa! 
And Hopper is like, really? I'm like, that psychotic son of a bitch? I just, you know, that it's a meme at this point. A lot of people quote, you are like Papa now, nowadays. But yeah, I believe that's one of my other favorite moments. Uh, before, before I get to the outro, I do want to say one thing that has popped up recently with Stranger Things. Uh, a lot of people... Now, it's no surprise that in season four... At the end, Metallica play a large role. Uh, there's a scene where, you know, Eddie Munson plays Master of Puppets. I'll talk more about that when we get to season four. But this is just relating to Metallica. A lot of new people are fan, or, you know, just finding out about Metallica because of Stranger Things. And a lot of people have seen some stuff that they've done in the past and are bringing it up and are now trying to cancel Metallica. First off, you don't cancel Metallica they're already big. You know, you can't really cancel them. Second off, a lot of these things happened like 30 years ago. And I know it's hard to believe, but people can change. You do know that, right? People can change. It's why are you, you know, looking for something like these people just sit around and look for stuff to, you know, just bitch about. They'll try to dig up something. They're so bored and they feel so shitty about themselves that they'll look at something somebody did 30 years ago that they've obviously learned and, you know, moved on from and just be like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Oh, meh, 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 you're a terrible person. Like, yeah, I was a terrible person 30 years ago. That's like with my thing. Like, I said some stupid shit. I said some bad shit, you know, like 10 years ago, but I'm a different person now. Well, 10 years ago when I was like 13, 13, 14. I said some stuff that I definitely wouldn't, you know, that I'm not proud of, that I'm definitely, you know, not, you know, a fan of, but I've moved on. I've become a better person since then. And, you know, people just need to leave the past where it is. Uh, actually, let me re reiterate that. Leave the past buried as long as the person that's, you know, the person involved has moved on and learned from their mistakes. Leave the past where it is. Just leave it where it is also stop trying to cancel metallica if you know if you're just a new fan of them and i'm not gonna gatekeep them at all like if you are new to metallica and you enjoy them you know and feel free to enjoy them but if you're gonna be the person that is gonna discover them for the first time because of stranger things and then choose to complain about them you don't deserve to be a fan they don't deserve fans like you if you're just gonna, you know, you're finding out about them for the first time because of Stranger Things, and all you're gonna do is bitch and complain about them, you know, they don't need you as a fan. But, anyway, I just wanted to rant, rant about that because that is something that has recently popped up, like, within the past week, and I just wanted to talk about it. But, anyway, that is gonna be it for this episode. Did you guys enjoy Season 2? Let me know. Social media is Linktree. It's in the description. And like I said, I'll put the link for the wiki in the description so you can read off some facts and check out those posters because, trust me, they're really cool. But, with that being said, I'm going to call this an episode. Like I said, new episodes of this podcast come out every Saturday, so make sure you do whatever, like, follow, whatever. Uh, drink plenty of water out there. Be positive. I'm about to go on vacation as soon as I'm done editing this episode. So, you know, I'm going to be at a cabin. I'm going to be relaxing. You know, do whatever, do whatever you can to relax, you know, take, take a weekend to yourself if you can, even if you only have like a couple hours, you know, enjoy those couple hours, but yeah, drink plenty of water, do positive things, I love you all, my name is Cameron, and as always, I will see you next week, nerd, out. out, 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 out.